Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Layla Taraf. <laughs> I said rhyme it with carafe, so I'm thinking wine, <laughs> which we might need a glass of wine <laughs> today because we're talking about a woman, you know, strong like water, how she found the courage to lead with love in business and in life. And she had to become strong. She had to face a whole lot of adversity, find her resilience, pick herself up off the ground. I often say some people get a cosmic two by four, my God, did she get it. And we're going to learn her story today, but how it's led her to um, helping women increasingly claim leadership roles in their business and politics. And in a time in our nation where people are seeking authentic leaders, Leila offers insights and inspiration for finding a natural balance and leading a whole person. Remember, it's not just part of you, it's the whole of you. With compassion and courage, intellect and empathy, we should be a successful leader. A woman needs to be tough for a few years. That's what Leila uh, believed she, when she took her own journey. She prized her ability to be strong, firm, and impassive. Like her hardline immigrant father, her strength became her power, and for a while, she served it well in her business life. It enabled her to go toe-to-toe with powerful male leaders and excel in her career. That took her from a recruiter of the internet division of Walmart to chief people officer of Pete's Coffee and Tea, the company that launched the craft coffee movement in America. But always being in control and never letting herself be vulnerable bled over into her personal life with disastrous results. In Strong Like Water, she found the courage to lead in love, business, and life. She shares her journey of awakening and profound transformation as a leader, a mother, and a woman. And for much of her career, like many women, she struggled to balance courage, compassion, intensity, flexibility, being respected, and being likable. It took a series of three crushing losses for her to finally unlock decades of buried emotions and integrate the parts of herself that make her both strong and soft. As she attests, I have come to see the true power that comes from concentrating on connecting your heart and your head, and I would say your soul and spirit as well. Um, she's the eldest of three children. She's the dual role mediator between two wearing parents and a mother's comforter. And at the age of seven, when her family left Lebanon for Las Vegas, her responsibilities expanded to serving a bridge between two cultures and two languages. This lady has gone through a lot, folks. And Look at her now. I want you to take a good look at her now because this is what resilience, this is what strength, this is what courage looks like. But she didn't just wake up one morning and it was there. She had to work at it. And that means that she had to heal herself. She had to go through the grieving process. She had to pick herself up and she had to be willing to take the journey. Kudos to you for doing so, love, and thank you for coming and sharing it with us here today. Thank you so much. Wow, what an opener. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm happy to be here. Let's lay it out. Uh, three crushing, crushing um, 
one after the other, which would flatten anybody. As I said, the cosmic two by four, which is, you know, um, the universe is always trying to get our attention one way or the other, but three crushing blows one after the other can defeat a lot of people. And it certainly knocked you on your backside for a while. It's interesting. I, I, I do always say the universe gives you what you need to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the universe knew I was a tough cookie. Mm -hmm. because I had held my uh, hero persona, as I call it, so tightly for so long, I was not going to let that down uh, very easily. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I, I, for me, it took three losses uh, in quick succession to really have me start looking at how I had been holding myself my whole life. Um, which was this over-reliance on being strong and capable and I can handle anything and, oh, you don't have to help me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't have needs. I remember once a therapist I was working with said to me, so if you act like you have no needs, how do they get met? And I thought, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. he's right. That was a really bad strategy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I, I think you know, as you know very well, moments of adversity in your life give you opportunities for real growth. And for me, my daughter was three years old when her father passed. And to be honest, Sarah, if, if she hadn't been in my life and if I wasn't so committed at helping her to grieve the death of her father in a healthy way, I may have hid, I may have yeah. You know, I've tucked my head under the sand, but I, I figured out pretty quickly I couldn't help her to um, internalize that loss and to grieve in a healthy way unless I modeled that behavior and did it for her as mm -hmm. well. So into the valley I went. Yes. Then you had two more losses almost straight after that. Then my father, 15 months after my husband passed, had a stroke at 68 and then uh, deteriorated and passed away. And then my mother, same thing, stroke. And, um, you know, for each, of, for each of those losses, I was able to be a little more present mm -hmm. and a little more able to hold the pain and the grief that came with it. Uh, and in the end, I felt it was sort of poetic to be able to be at my mother's bedside right before Mother's Day, right, to usher her out, you know, the person that brought me in this world that honestly, five years previously, I couldn't have done, I wouldn't right. have had the emotional resilience, the courage to do something like that. And now I feel so honored. And there is that closure that is so important that I now have with her. Yeah. Resilience. Um, we don't get that without first being vulnerable. Yes. And that vulnerability is a gift to you. And it's also a gift and trust to others. It's your honesty. It's you. It's you at the very, very core. We're taught, as you were taught very well, to always protect your vulnerability. Don't yes. trust anyone. Come out like a warrior. Yes. And, you know, I always say worry. It's, it's warrior as well as warrior, <laughs> you know, because you're always worried about defending yourself you know you're always in defense you always believe someone's going to attack you always believe you've got to be better than the others you know the front lines and we don't encourage people to be vulnerable or to get in touch with their feelings or to grieve over something um 
And when it does happen, it really does knock you sideways, doesn't it? And but the gift that you were given was your daughter on more than one one level. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, you had to do it for her, which meant yeah. that she was giving you a gift for you also to do it for yourself. Yes, absolutely. I grew up in a family that was um, that didn't feel their feelings. And so, you know, you learn by how you were raised. I never really knew. I just I didn't understand. Now I try to say as much as I can to anybody how you build resilience mm -hmm. is just by allowing yourself to stay with the discomfort that comes up when you feel badly. And that can show up in different ways, as you know, right? It can yeah. be, a, be a cognitive dissonance. It could be a, a, a pain in your chest. It could be your stomach tightening. Like there's all sorts of somatic and, and emotional ways that you feel. And it's lean into the resistance. Stay with the discomfort. I never... I, I think I might've done it if I thought I knew what the payoff would have been. I just didn't see the point in being sad or being in pain I, right. because I yeah. had so much will mm -hmm. and so much agency to just oh, forget that. I'll just keep moving on. And I didn't realize that I was just becoming more and more emotionally brittle. And I love that we're talking about vulnerability so yeah. openly now, yes. right? And, yes. and the, the, the path to strength is through vulnerability. And, and, and even just saying that people are like, yeah, okay. But until you live it, you don't mm -hmm. really understand right. what that means, right? It's not being afraid to, to speak, to share, to be, you know, again, yeah. we have an enormous, enormous, <laughs> enormous <laughs> uh, dysfunctional society of which before the show we were talking about the last uh, four years and how dysfunctional it was and everybody in a state of hysteria and stress mm -hmm. and only after a certain person left you could people let their shoulders down and mm -hmm. breathe and realize how tense they had been it was almost like being in a war zone waiting for the next bomb to drop and, yes. and nobody felt that they could move forward or do anything because the anger was just ricocheting around the world. And it really has had a huge effect on people's psyche. And now, of course, with the pandemic as well, right now we're in a different battle, but we're all in this together. This yes. is not just one country, it's the whole world. And this is where it's had to ignite compassion and yes. empathy but also that vulnerability to say, you know, it's getting me down. You know, you can't be a trooper all the time. You're going to have those those moments where you just, I, can't, I, I don't know if I can take anymore. I need to speak to someone, yes. right? And until you've learned to be vulnerable and into that space, you don't allow yourself to go there, do you? But now you've been through it. So you know yes. when to ask for help when yes. you need something there isn't a question i don't need it anymore i can get it myself it's like no i need help <laughs> i need it and it's not a weakness to say no. it in fact it's a show of strength and yes you know again i think it's just beautiful i would never have been able to lead throughout this last year um the employees at my company at Allbirds because we, we every week we went up and we did an all hands and sometimes we had information about the business, but a lot of times it was just holding the space yes. and allowing others to share how they felt. 
uh, I actually brought in a grief counselor uh, and, and that, that really did training around recognizing grief, uh, naming it, respecting our grief. Um, and uh, we did a lot of self-care, right? Reminding people to take care of themselves because as we were saying, right? If you are not taking care of yourself um, cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, yes you are always projecting that anger and that uh, whatever is coming up for you out into the world. And that's exactly what you were just talking about. Even, even in my book coming out, I mean, my book is pretty raw and I still have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just put it all out there? All, all, all my brokenness, all my flaws, all my cluelessness before I really started waking up to who I was. And I have moments where I think I'm going to be judged or I've just committed career suicide. <laughs> and my book's only been out for three weeks, but I can tell you, I've had so many moments where people would say, wow, that was really brave. I don't, you know, you said you're writing a book, but I didn't expect that. And then immediately they will say something like, I saw a lot of myself in your story. Yes. Or, you know, thank you for saying that. Or I could really relate to this because though the, the, the details of the story, of course, are mine and unique to me, the story is really about the journey we are all on. If we are lucky yes. right, to get to that point, which is that journey of self-discovery. Who okay. am I? What's mm -hmm. it all about? Are all these things I've been believing and thinking really true? And, and, and really, I love, I love when Ram Das says, in the end, we're all just walking each other home. And we're walking ourselves home to our true selves, our true, our true essence, and we're all doing it together. And I think this global pandemic, if it's done anything, it is a very visible and, and real um, example that we are all connected. Yes. So if we can be connected by a virus, we can also be connected by goodness too. Oh, well, it's inviting the goodness. You know, it's inviting yeah. that. It's inviting for us to step up. You know, I'm always referring to the village. It's only as strong as everybody participates in it, including the village idiot. We we need everybody in there. And when, you know, when someone falls, the village is there to help them pick up. When somebody's celebrating, the village is there to celebrate. And they rely on each other for the strength of that village. If we could look at our own communities and understand that it's not about one person being you know more important or richer or bigger house or bigger car it's about the measure of a person is are they there for someone else are they yeah. contributing are they sharing their own good luck um because it's only in that sharing that we really understand what caring really means and the strength and, and the beauty of that caring and how it really lifts everybody up it unites everyone. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, the the fears of everybody kind of judging you. I, I once commented to my family that I'm, I'm going to be writing a book and immediately they went into the true British humor. Oh, oh my God, you're going to air your dirty linen. You know? yes. <laughs> it's like an absolute fear, fear of what I might say. My mom's passed now. My sister, I know, would never read my book anyway, so uh, it, I'm okay there. But it, but it's, it was that they've always actually um, reprimanded me for being so honest. 
you know it's well, you were the sensitive one in the family yeah <laughs> definitely um and and it, we kind of I, I grew up with but i don't know how else to be now that doesn't mean i just throw everything out but mm -hmm. i am what i am as popeye says and i can't be anything else and i I lived my life trying to be everything else as you did, you know, the strong one. And no, it doesn't matter. I'm there for you and I'll bend myself into a pretzel for you. Yeah. But my back is hurting, my hips are hurting, everything else is hurting, my soul is hurting. And, and finally, I just became united with myself and say to help with that. I'm enough. I'm enough who I am. I'm not meant to be everything. I am the gift of what I am to whoever sees me. And that's all we need to be really, isn't it? That's all we need to be. That is the big, uh, that, that is the big learning of all our lives, right? We, we contort ourselves to fit into wherever we live with whoever our family is and our school and our society um, to be part of the tribe. And we lose a little bit of ourself in that process. And then reuniting with our true selves and showing up authentically is not only how we reconnect with who we are at our core, but then how we connect with others. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of judgment and there's mm. a lot of shame right now. And I think it starts because we're hard on ourselves. Yes. And so it struck me what you said, even the village idiot. And then if we can embrace that idiot and love him or her, um, as well as the uh, the medicine man yes. <laughs> with the analogy that's that I really feel that's the tug of war that's happening right now right you see it in social media where yes. people get canceled and um, and I and and, and, yet, and yet there's this other wave that comes in of people who are showing gratitude yeah. and love and building community and it really does feel like it's this this tension right now and this this push and pull between our higher selves and our our id right our our well, shadow I think, side i think the last four years where we were bombarded all the time by negativity by negativity and sensationalism and everything else that people yeah. were just worn out you know yeah. when it when it came to the end of his chapter or the end of his book it was like oh god i didn't realize how stressed out i was yeah. and you know it, that then made us pause and look at it and go okay what was i buying now, admittedly, it was in every news media, on every social media. You couldn't escape it because it was there in your face all the time. But we do have a, choose, a choice to choose what we react to. And in social media, which is an algorithm, what you are going to react to is what they're going to constantly feed. So if you're yeah. there supporting each other, that's it's the true. type of thing is going to keep building, right? Yes. yes. But you can only uh, you can only not react if you've built enough presence yeah. and enough space to recognize when you are being triggered, when you're getting hooked, and if you if you aren't doing some sort of uh, meditative or mm -hmm. wisdom or introspective practice or yoga or talking to your friend or therapist or whomever, if then you're caught in it and you don't recognize it. And so you're, you're, you're reacting, you, you think you're responding, you think you're acting of your own volition, but you're not, you're really reacting. And, and, and 
I think ultimately that's what it means to wake up, which yes. is also interesting because now we, we hear the word woke and it's mm. coming from a lot of people who are not woke. It's very meta. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, strong like water, you know, people go, yes, but you can, you know, you can dive into water. You can do this and that, but you know, it, the, the emoto, um, experiment of the three glasses of water one ignored one given negativity one given positivity the ignored one didn't change the negativity one literally turned dark and the positivity one turned crystallized which they could measure into positive uh, frequency Amazing. right we're 70 yes. percent water so that is you know uh, how we speak to ourselves you know and you were telling yourself i'm tough i can go through anything and the universe yeah. said okay she's tough she can go for anything yeah. let's throw it at her Right. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, my God, you know, I've just shattered my water. Um, but then water is extremely strong as long as it's allowed to be fluid, constantly moving because it has an energy in it and a conduit in it and it can't be stagnant. And if you're trying to be brave all the time, you're kind of keeping it stagnant because you've built walls around it. Yes. But when you it's allow it to flood through you, that's when you discover your true strength, don't you? Absolutely. In fact, I, I I don't know if you picked up on the on on the um, analogy, but but strong like water. I I named the book that after one of Lao Tzu's verses. Lao Tzu was an ancient Chinese um, philosopher. He was the father of the Tao Te Ching. I'm sure you know. One of his verses is called "Be like water." It's verse 78, and in that verse, he says exactly what you just said, whatever is soft and yielding is more powerful than yes. what is hard and rigid. Yeah. And so in this way, what is soft is strong. And I thought that was such a perfect way of capturing my learning uh, as a result of this, of this journey. Yeah. I really thought allowing myself to reconnect with my feelings, to soften, to grieve, to be sad, to feel crummy, would weaken me, that I would lose my agency, that I wouldn't be able to take care of myself, of my daughter, to make a living. Uh, and I, I was terrified to let go of that, right? That's why personal growth is so hard because you attach yourself yes. and your identity completely to this story. You tell yourself that it actually feels that if you let go of it, a part of you will die because you don't realize you are more than that story. And I, I realized in letting go of that, that all of these dualities that Lao Tzu and all these other uh, uh, philosophers talk about in life are all so very true, right? The, the yin and the yang, the strength and the softness, uh, the courage and the compassion. And when we realize that life is reconciling these dualities, living in the paradox, uh, then, then things open up and you live with a lot more ease. Not to say that I don't have my bad days, but I very rarely now get so triggered that I just lash out in anger because I realize that really nothing matters that much. Right. It's all going to kind of be okay. And I can't really control it anyway. Right. It's going to happen. Right. And yes. I asked like, Probably having a teenage daughter now is the thing that makes me sometimes the most upset. And then when I do get upset, I, I just self-reflect and I say, okay, what's happening here? And most often it's, 
I'm upset because of a story I've told myself in my mind. Well, she's not studying, so she's not going to get a good grade. So she's not going to go to a good school. So she's not going to get a mm -hmm. good job. So she's going to be homeless. At the, and I, 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 <laughs> the roller coaster. None of it true. And I, and I actually explained that to her one time where I went back and I said, hey, I'm really sorry about that. Here's the story I told myself. Mm -hmm. I went through it. And she, she goes, wow, really? You went through all? I said, yeah. I said, so that was not about you. That was about me. It changed our relationship. Yes. It made her realize that when I do get upset, it's because of the, the yeah. ugly story I'm telling myself, yeah. not because of what she's doing. Right. Right. And, and you know, teenagers do know how to push your buttons. Right. They they, you know, they really do. They're, they're in that experimental stage in life. They're in raging hormones. Uh, they're in that major foot to the pedal self-discovery. And, uh, you know, everything is tested and they also don't feel secure about themselves and they've got the pressure of school and and the, you know, social. Am, am I liked? Am I not liked? And all of that type of thing. I think it's a harder time for teenagers today with all the social media than uh, than it was in my day when we didn't have any of that. You know, we we actually For had sure. to go out and make friends and make appointments to see them and hang out together and converse. And now everything is by through well, social media. And these poor kids, they are all anxious. They are all depressed. They have what I really, really see is while they are so intellectually smart because they're pouring all of their energy yes. into schoolwork, um, they are interpersonally very weak. There's their socially yeah. and interpersonally, they haven't developed those skills. And so they're a bit lopsided. Yeah. You know, we weren't yes. as smart but we knew how to make friends. Right. We weren't as afraid to go and talk to somebody we didn't know. We'd pick up the phone and call somebody. Now they're able to hide yes. uh, behind the screen. And then unfortunately, it's all this comparison. I which know. Which is the source of and suffering. Competitiveness and competitiveness uh, and judgment again. Uh, you know, you're talking about the yin and yang. And, you know, life is a balance. You know, it's a seesaw. Now, I'm a Libra. And so I spend my time constantly trying to keep myself in balance, but it's not about the rigidity. It's about the flow, you know, yes. the little up and down. What I don't want is the oh, highs and the lows because it right. throws you too much off the equilibrium. Um, I did a show yesterday, which is going to be on the same week with you, which is all about brain training. And, you know, we talk constantly about programming and, uh, you know, the patterns that we live by, which is, you know, um, the pattern of society, the pattern of our ancestors, our family DNA. But we don't pay attention to the brain and how we can throw that off kilter. And that, you know, through diet and through cognitiveness, we can kind of restructure our brain to be back into an equilibrium. When we're thrown so completely off one side, not only have you got to go through the grieving, not only have you got to go and find your strength and your courage and the why and everything else, but the, your entire body has been thrown out of sync. Mind, body, brain, heart, soul. And it, it is a recovery that you are going through of getting everything back into sync. And we can't always do it on our own. We right. do need somebody else who can see it from a different perspective, who can who can give us skills and tools to kind of re-equilibrium ourselves. We spend so much money on outside things, but we seem to have a hesitation in spending money on our insides. Have you found that? 
I think so. Uh, it's interesting um, because I'm an executive coach. Years ago, I remember um, a group of us coaches talking about how we found that men will invest in coaching mm -hmm. much more easily than women, right? <clears throat> I, 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 think, I think you're right. Um, I don't. I spend a lot of money on, <laughs> on self-care and on personal you. growth. And I, I, I think it's because, you know, once you see the light, once yeah. you realize like there's something here, when I, after my husband passed, I, I went and I did a cert coaching certification. It really opened up my mind. It was very grounded in Eastern philosophies. And I really saw how I was not allowing myself to live as my whole true authentic self, but it took years and yes. years and years for me to understand what that really meant and lots of different modalities because there's different ways you learn so lots of somatic work with reiki and energy work lots of heart-centered work lots of cognitive work and you know the i i love the saying when the student is ready the teacher appears i agree everybody with you. Needs, yes 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 huh? everybody needs a little bit uh, of a different uh, teacher and this is why i decided to write my personal story and publish mm. it and, and and go public with it because when I was telling people about these insights I was having and these learnings, uh, I would get, oh yeah, I, I do that too. Oh yeah, I really, what did you say? That would be good for me to know. And I thought, well, if my journey can light the way for someone else, if I can say yes. something that resonates with someone it's on their journey where they are, if I can be the teacher in that moment, what else is there in this world? And maybe it won't take them 40 years. <laughs> it took me, right? And if we all do that, yeah. then you're creating this beautiful flywheel of, of all this goodness going back into the world. I mean, at the core, that is really what it's about. Yeah, 100%. This is the reason why I do these shows. If people listen to this, these shows and, and just one nugget, one yes. nugget is a shift. Oh, 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 right. okay. I haven't looked at it from that point of view. And well, one inspiration invites somebody to take that step forward. You know, that's what it's about. The other thing I think that's extremely important that you've just said is life's journey. Everybody's constantly looking at the destination. Well, shouldn't you have it together by now? No, you're going yeah. to be getting it together to the day you die because yeah. it's life experiences that are constantly shifting you and yeah. and expanding you and having you go in a different direction that's the excitement of the journey that is, and that is the journey it's not the destination yeah. i will tell you i stalled my progress for years because i had this inner critic that said ah i can't believe you're filling the age i can't believe you're 42 and you haven't figured it out i can't believe you're 45 and you haven't yeah. figured it out and if you're always berating yourself, yes. you're never allowing anything, right? You're just this judgment. And so the, the more, it's in Louise Hay um, of the Hay Group. I remember reading something from her and she, I think she's in her eighties. And she said, after a lifetime of being in this world, she said, I, I realize that the most important thing, the most important quality is self-love. And I remember reading that at the time I was like, oh, really? Huh. But gosh, do yes. I get it more and more every year. Yeah. Right? And what if that you, opens up to you, right? That self-love. Self 
Yeah, you become love, you're exuding that love, you're igniting yes. that love, you're yes. suddenly seeing that love vibration rivering out there, yes. you're seeing other people respond to it and awaken to it. You know, say that we're all a book in life and each each chapter is going to be different. Otherwise it would be a boring plot. You know, it's and yes, some of the chapters you're going to get to the end of it and go, oh my God, whew. That was yeah. a heavy chapter. And then another chapter, yeah. wow, that just floated through that. That was such an exciting chapter. But that's what we, that's what life is about. I'm 66 now. And gosh, have I got some chapters <laughs> more than a decade's worth. It, but I look back on every time I have to face something difficult, I look back and go, oh my God, this is nothing compared to what you've already been through. Right. Let's take and a deep grow, breath, girl, and you, and you can do it. Longer. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It, it makes life so much more exciting when you're willing to put yourself in gear and participate in the experience yes. of life with self-love. And co-create. Yes. Right? Because it doesn't happen. It's, it's the shift of it's happening to me, which is very much a victim orientation. Yeah. Right. Versus it's happening by me and then through me. Yes. Right. There's there, there, it's just the different energy about it. You really, after my mom passed, um, I had to sell her home, sell her stuff, everything. I, I had to close up a life and my dad had, so both their lives. And I remember feeling, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And because I was in this very sort of Zen place mm -hmm. and, uh, and I really feel like when people pass, there's a there's sort of a portal that's open for a little bit. I really felt her for mm -hmm. a few days there. And for that, for that following week, everything fell into my lap. I found a realtor like this. I found someone to come uh, take care of her garden. It was, and this was not in a city that I had lived in for 30 years. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything I needed to make it happen just came to me because I think I was in this very open receiving place. You allowed fell into place I allowed instead of trying to will it to happen yes or dictate exactly. you know, in, in the beginning your life was very much about dictatorship of what you have to do what you should do what you've got to do you were driven by that That's until right. until your life you know as I said cosmic two by four and it was like well what are you going to do with this because there yes. can't be any dictatorship uh, dictatorship on this this is you have to allow there is no well, it was way out, you know, of this. And that's going through the process. It's like giving birth. There's only one way out, right? <laughs> that is true. I remember when I first heard that concept, what really struck me was, how do I just allow? Do I just sit here and let it happen? I don't really, yeah, because yeah. I was so, I was so in this mode of just, you know, ready to jump on anything that I didn't realize that there was something in between willing and dictating and making things happen versus allowing them. There is a whole lot of room in there. And I wish I would have known that because I only saw the opposite extreme. And I thought, mm. well, I can't do that. I've got stuff to do. Yes. And now I realize it's just an easing up a bit Yes. and listening to signals and signs and energy that might be coming at you that, that if you're not open to it, you're not hearing it. And they're always there. You know, Always. sometimes we have to remove ourselves from ourselves. Yes. Right. Just be a blank slate 
uh, go out into nature, go and do something, whatever form of meditation, remove yourself from yourself. And then when you come back into yourself, you're actually where you went meant to be. But you know that we're very, very much about chin up, thoughts, thoughts, yeah. thoughts. Yeah. We don't pay attention to the soul, heart and spirit's intellect, which has a very good intellect. And I'm a knowingness coach, so it's the channeling allowing the universe to speak through you in knowingness, resonating with the heart and truth, going to the spirit interaction and the mind knowing what it needs to know when it needs to know it. You can't get into that knowingness state unless you switch off the thoughts and you mm. allow the feelings to show you what thoughts are relevant in this moment. Mm -hmm. But it is surrender and people don't like to surrender. surrender. <laughs> that was another one I worked with for years. What is surrender? mean what does it look like it's and like i think that. that's again we get stuck on the dictionary words instead of yeah. what is the action of the word yeah that's a good point that's a very good point yes you've written this book it's only three weeks young right it's your whole life out there you're getting great response but how are you feeling about it not about the response but you've bared your all now in that vulnerability, yeah. has it been a sense of release? I think there was so much to get it out into the world that I, um, I, I was in my head and I was, you know, podcasts and interviews. And now that it's a little bit behind me, mm -hmm. uh, the launch, not the book, um, and I'm getting at least, you know, a, a message a day through some channel of people I haven't spoken with in years and in decades who are um, validating that uh, how, how brave, how um, much they can identify with the book. I, I'm, re I'm realizing that um, writing your story is what really connects you with others. And so now I am starting to feel this much more certainty, uh, mm. like this was the right thing to do. I think for a long time, I just thought I have to do this. I have to tell my story. I'm going to put it out there. I wasn't sure quite what to expect. And there was some trepidation around, well, maybe it's too much and are people going to judge me? But there was always something inside me that said, doesn't matter, keep going. Um, despite the fear, despite the yes. bit of anxiety, and, and now I can tell you that anxiety is beginning to recede. I'm sure there'll be <laughs> trolls or some people out okay. there that will things that are unkind. But what I can, I, I have a much more felt sense now mm -hmm. that telling your story from a, from a very vulnerable place connects with others into that place. And my whole life, I only want a deep, meaningful, intimate connection because my parents weren't able to give it. They didn't right. have it with each other. They didn't have it with us. They didn't have it within them. I've forgiven them, but I've really missed it. Yes. And of course, then I held myself in a way that I wasn't going to get it because I wasn't allowing myself to connect right. from the heart because I was protecting it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm finally getting it at, through these, through by basically putting my heart out there yes. through this book yes. and, and being nervous and scared about it and the the slow the you know the early indication now is that was that was the right thing to do and i am being shown that 
actually know this is what continues to connect you. It is the lesson that I will keep that will stay alive with me over and over in case, in case I ever want to hide again, this won't allow me to do it. No, no. Right. No. And, and I've actually interviewed authors that I've, I've interviewed them before the book has come out and then interviewed them again down the road. And they go like, you know, this person said they read this and, and it changed their lives or it made them look at their yeah. kids in a different way. And go, I, I didn't realize it would have that effect. Yeah. And if this is the thing about, never be afraid to tell your story never be embarrassed never apologize because my god you know there's some things that you know when i do write my book i think it's going to be because i do a podcast every week on on sarah's view of life and i think i'm going to be doing my book from that point of view because it's my philosophy mm. i don't think people would actually believe my story <laughs> because it's really wacky um but at some point maybe i will Maybe I will write it out there when the time is right. And you're always shown when the time is right. But in the meantime, it's people like yourself that you've given that gift of vulnerability and trust to other people. That is the greatest gift you can give anyone. Because yes, you're going to get those trolls. You just ignore them. It's their own issue that they're trying to impose upon you, right? Just delete, don't take it on at all. But the people, that you've opened up to that may never contact you, but they've had this impact of God, she went through this, she managed to do that. She's here now, she's in this state, she's moving forward. What's holding me back? Because most of the time people are being held back through fear. And a lot of that fear is judgment. What will yes. people think? Mm -hmm. And when you can put yourself out there and say, look, I have no control over what you think none but i am in trust giving you my vulnerability if yeah. it's nasty keep your opinion to yourself <laughs> and if and if you don't it it doesn't it doesn't really bother me because as you said it's not a reflection of me it's a reflection yeah. of what's happening with them it took me a long time to get to this place mm. uh, and um i'm grateful i'm just really grateful as you said not everybody is ready to be woke <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think making people uncomfortable is also a gift because if yeah. you've made them uncomfortable, you've shaken them up. Why am yeah. I uncomfortable? Why is this too close to home? Why am yes. I feeling like this? And sometimes we do need that shake up to wake up so we can step oh, up absolutely. and change it up. I, I like to say that um, you don't have to wait for a crisis right. to to, to re-examine um, your closely held beliefs and how you've held yourself. You don't, but usually it takes something, right? Because human nature is that changing is hard. We were saying earlier, any kind of change is hard and there's a discomfort that's associated yes. with it. And most people are not going to change until the pain associated with staying the same is greater than the pain associated with yes. changing. Yes. And uh, I, 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 I don't know many people who just uh, get on their spiritual path or really go about a transformational change without some catalyst, whether it's a deep illness or a death or something that has happened in their life, because uh, there, there, it almost requires an intervention yes. to break you out of that closed loop system of um, the self-fulfilling prophecy that you're, you've been living in and what you believe to be true. 
Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, your parents were the way they were because of the way they were brought up. That's right. Right. You decided like I decided. My mom said to me, you've brought your children up the way you wanted to be brought up. And breaking that cycle. We can't blame them for their cycle because it's what they knew. And most certainly in my parents' generation, um, one didn't put oneself first. One didn't fight for that. It was, you know, especially British, suck it up, you know, suck it up, keep it to yourself. You know, nobody wants to know your dirty linen. And now it's like, yes, we want to hear these stories when we hear them from celebrities. You know, I suffer from depression. Um, I was raped. I was abused. I was this or that. And they people look at these people that they've put up on a pedestal and go, oh, my God, they're human. They went through what I went through. And what it does is it shows you, like, look what they can do despite what they're battling. We have so much more strength resilience, courage, and abilities inside of us that we're denying ourselves if we're not willing to move forward. And just so I'm, you know, this tree trunk is pinning me down, but I'm going to find the strength to move it off me. (laughs) Really, really well said. Exactly. So what's what's next for you? Is there going to be a part two or are you book touring um, as much as you can right now with COVID? Everything has been virtual, although as things are opening up now, I'm starting to do some in-person events. I'm starting to go into companies, actually, and speaking to uh, employees and to women's groups, uh, because my book can be read on so many different levels, right? It's a book about overcoming adversity and being vulnerable and building your resilience. It's also a book about being a woman in business and how I embraced um, uh, uh, some of the more uh, softer qualities that are also needed in leadership like collaboration and, mm-hmm. and, and creativity and, uh, and compassion and empathy alongside the drive for results. And uh, so I'm doing uh, both personal events as well as, as company events. Um, and, um, and I am thinking about a second book already. I, I, I think my next one will probably be one that is more of a how-to as they yeah. call it, that comes in bite-sized pieces of how to um, how to show up in this mm. integrated place um, in at work and at home because the first book really was my journey to to get to this place how I first denied it then how I fought it and then how I embraced it yes <laughs> and now I think the second book is okay when you break, embrace it what does it look like right. what does it look like at work to to really um, manage the dualities of uh, wanting to grow a company, but at the same time wanting to have a beautiful culture of connection and belonging. Uh, and so I, I feel like there's something in there because I do think work is becoming much more human. I think companies oh, gosh, are becoming yes. much more enlightened. And I would love for this book to be a little bit of a how-to uh, of how companies might try to be both, try to grow without losing their humanity. I think there's the three C's that are coming more into play now. Um, collaboration, compassion, and caring. Because when you care for the people that work for you, you have that compassion that they're human beings, not robots. And you look to that collaboration of how we can all work together, you are going to see productivity go through the roof. And clients, the other C, are going to be much happier. We're not into that competitive cutthroat, um, you know, get it at all costs. That's 
passé now. We've, we've seen an example of that at the highest level. And we've seen how destructive it is. So companies, so many companies are turning now to how do we collaborate? How do we show compassion and caringness? Because when we invest in our people, our people not only show loyalty, but they feel heard, they feel seen, and that productivity as a team grows so much more. Couldn't agree more. And I think that's a story that people want to hear. Yes. So that's, uh, that's and I'm trying to live it now uh, at, at my company. So, and, and, and it is, not easy given everything we're dealing with, not only a global pandemic, but social unrest and political divisiveness. So, you know, we used to, I remember, oh gosh, 10, 20 years ago, we used to talk about a VUCA world, virtual, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. We're in it. Yes. We're in it. Leadership now is like playing 3D chess. And you have to come at it from a very holistic place, mm-hmm. um, and and so I I think the next uh, the, the next wave of of books about leadership and business are going to hopefully come from a much more integrated place, but also more from women. Um, you know, I think because, so. Yeah, it is more the feminine touch now. As you said, we're in the age of Aquarius, um, oh. as as I have been told by various uh, spiritual leaders, this transition is going to be another four years. Um, even four years before we see a complete back of 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 COVID, it's going to still trickle in there for a while. But it's uh, it is that beautiful cosmic shift of us having to step up, having to change it up, but also having to grow up. And that means vibrationally, but also emotionally. Um, Step out of your insecurity, step out of your ego, step into your presence and and be the beautiful person that you really meant to be and share that. And I think we're tired of the battle. We're tired of the way things have been. And we know that there has to be more balance and there has to be more, um, as as you've, you know, in in your reading, you'll buy the wholeness we can't just address a portion of a person. We have to address the whole of a person. And that means taking more time to get to know people that we work with. And in doing that, kind of caring for who they are as human beings, not just another number. I used to have this poster that I had behind me for years at my company that said, they don't, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I like that. I like yeah. that very much. And, uh, you know, I know that, um, I flew Virgin one time and I was talking to one of the air hostesses and she said, I don't do more than six flights um, um, a month. And we have huge picnics and they really look after us at Virgin. We are family and we're going to do everything to keep this job because we're so well respected. So we respect the company. Hello, that seems to be a no brainer. <laughs> it's like, I always say this about the janitor when you walk into a business. If you're going into a big corporate business, you're about to see the CEO and do a deal, but every floor is dirty and the elevator is dirty and sticky, automatically you're thinking this company doesn't care. They're sloppy. Mm -hmm. So your janitor, the invisible person that keeps all of that clean is, is the first presentation. So, you know, mm-hmm. never dismiss somebody or put somebody up on a higher pedestal because without all the people underneath them, what would they be? That's right. Absolutely. So you think there's more of a level playing field now that, the, you know, the people are coming off that hierarchy and kind of slowly integrating and saying, you know, yes, I may have the decision making, but I am 
I can't do it without you. I think it's happening more and more often. You know, there's a lot of different companies, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different industries. Uh, I think it's more prevalent in, in some than others. I think out here in California, um, especially in the kind of company I work with, which is a B Corp, which is really very mission driven. I think you see a lot more of that much more balanced, um, holistic leadership um, by men and by women. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of men that are stepping up and it's um, I've interviewed a lot of businessmen and, and it's it's about, you know, as they've said, is um, it's not about me. It's about us. That's right. That's right. Right. So um, and you know, it's the same with a person who's a singer. What are they without the band? You know, it's you know, you look at a movie. And you've got those stars there. And then you look at the, the titles go on forever and ever and ever. And there's like, you know, a thousand people that put that movie That's together. Right, right, exactly. So, That's right. you know, I think that is, you know, we, we you have a support system in any success. So why can't you have a support system in your own successful life? That's right. Absolutely. So how do people get hold of your book? How do people get hold of you? And uh, which kind of companies do you speak to? Only within your own company realm? Or do you speak, are you a speaker that can go out into other companies as well? Um, well, you, you reach me probably the best way is through my website, which is laylatarraf.com. Can you spell that uh, for the people who are just listening, please, love? L-A-I-L-A-T-A-R-R-A-F com and you can find my book strong like water um, online um, at amazon and barnes and noble and uh, indie bookshop and um it's also in physical stores um all over the u.s uh so um hopefully you can find it everywhere and in terms of my speaking i'm available to speak outside of my company i'm, I'm being asked now by people in my network whom i know a lot of the companies are local here in the bay area silicon valley uh, but as things open up i'll, I'll be available to uh, speak more broadly well as you said before you know when you're ready the teacher is there That's and the good. fact that you have you've become that mentor now and you can't become a mentor without having gone through the process. You don't, nobody's just labeled mentor. The mentor is you've been through it. You know what people are going through. And, and if you don't know, then you know who else to call on that right. does know because that's happened to them. So in your mentorship out there, you're inspiring other people to believe, yes, they can if they're willing. And it really does come down to that free will, right? That choosing positive living instead of, going woe is me we've all got a woe story we've all got something that we could get stuck in but does that serve anyone does anybody benefit from anybody being stuck in the woe is me no and i think at the same time it's important to say you need to allow yourself to be oh, yeah. in those bad places um and then know that you you come out of it yes and knowing you're going to come out of it actually makes being in those places not as hard because mm. you you know it's temporary even what we're experiencing now it's yes. passing we can, yes we can now listen to it right yeah it's exactly yeah. And, you know emotions are there to indicate how we feel acknowledge the emotion spend the emotion but don't get emotional about the emotions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right so you know there's enough soap operas on tv we don't need to become <laughs> one <laughs> 
thank you for finding the courage to write the book and share your story. I know it's going to be an inspiration to many people. So many people are going through transition. And when you think about it right now with how many people who have lost family members um, all over the world at the present moment, and they didn't get to say goodbye which can be really, really hard. And so there's a lot of people that are stuck in that emotion or they're having to be tough because now they've got to take on the whole role uh, of their partner that's lost. And so your book isn't just one channel. It's many, many channels there that will hit many people on many levels. So I encourage people to go and get it. That's a beautiful title, Strong Like Water. We can all be strong like water. Water's whole great big huge multi-ton ships water strong folks <laughs> so let's embrace the strength of the water thanks so much for being with us here today thank you sarah i really enjoyed it remember folks we all can go through the process we all can do this just look at the journey that she's had get the book reach out to her she's here to help you to inspire you to invite you and just for you just even just know you can do it so until next time bye for now We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.